0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: You know, in the book of Proverbs, there are a lot of contrasts. There's light and dark, righteousness and unrighteousness. There's wisdom, and then there's foolishness. And then there is uh, maybe having a little bit, being poor, but having your integrity before God, and then being uh, dishonest and having money, but not true wealth. Well, we are in Proverbs 19, Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. This is the program Exploring the Word, where we go through the Word of God. And Bert, I'm loving the book of Proverbs because uh, it's God's book of wisdom, and hey, I need wisdom, don't you?
2: I do as well, and Alex, uh, it's such a blessing, and again, we find wisdom all through it. But just about in every chapter, you'll find what I call a jewel of of wisdom. And uh, all of it is great, but some are, are, I I would say, principles you build your life upon. And uh, Proverbs 19 has some as well. Let me read one, and then we'll go back and start. But I always like to pick maybe in my opinion, a highlight, you know, of of what it is. Listen to verse 23. This is Proverbs 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. That first line, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Alex, so many people are trying to find the meaning of life. They're trying to find a more meaningful life than they have something better. It starts with that relationship you have with God. And this word fear has the idea of reverential trust. It's it's like having a good father who always disciplines in love. Yes, you have that reverential fear, but at the same time, there's that great love and knowledge of protection. That's that relationship. And that's what the book of Proverbs in each one of these chapters uh, there seems to be one of them that really points to that relationship we're to have with the Heavenly Father, Alex.
1: Well, amen, amen. And you know what? Um, just like smart isn't the same thing as wise, right? well, money isn't the same thing as riches, is it? <laughs> Doesn't the book of Proverbs—let l- me say what I think. As you read this, folks, and you let the Holy Spirit of God—the Holy Spirit gave the words of the Bible— Um, you sort of train yourself to think along the the lines of how the Lord sees things. And there's money, but then there's riches. And you know what? The Bible sets a lot of things out there for us, and we're going to see this in Proverbs 19. But here's the thing. Truth, righteousness, integrity, character, that's worth more than anything the, the world can dangle in front of you, isn't it?
2: And and it said it straight out. Listen to nineteen one. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Alex, uh, mm. the poor integrity, having having a a life that they can trust you. Do you remember? My word is my bond. Uh, oh yes. A handshake seals the deal. Um, now, if you were to go in and you borrow money for a house, and you have that mortgage payment, uh, let me see, your hand will cramp before you get through signing all the papers that you have oh, to sign. Oh, my word, yes. And so uh, be a person of integrity, one that people can depend on, a person of your word, and uh, don't be a person that's trying to, to squeeze out untruth to make it sound like truth. Uh, it really is foolish to think that you can do that. Truth will come to the surface.
1: You know, I've uh, traveled a lot, met a lot of people, and, um, you know, I've been in a couple of churches where people would share how God enabled them to start a company or start a business, and they worked it for 50 years. And um, I've had several people that are, you know, older people say this, and they'd say, you know, I went down to the bank, and uh, they, they lent us money to start our business, never signed one piece of paper, just shook hands, because there was a day—and and look, folks, I, I'm for getting things in writing and doing things by, by the book, of course—but there was a day when America was so um, permeated with Christianity that um, your word was your bond— and, and a man would keep his word because he wanted to keep his name and his reputation. And uh, we're going to get... You mentioned verse 23, which is just golden. verse 16 is similar. But let's read some of these things. Um, it, it says, uh, wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Verse 4. And part of the reason <laughs> that your, your neighbor is close by, uh, and the Bible has a lot to say about loving your neighbor, being a good neighbor. So... Listen, um, if, you're, if you've got money, hey, friends will come out of the woodwork from out of nowhere. But if you're down on your luck, as the old song says, even your neighbor doesn't really know
2: you. Does that sound verse like the like a- prodigal son before we go into the next verse? You know, as long as his money that he inherited from his father, uh, right. you know, as it was there, they were partying with him all day and all night. But when oh, he yeah. ran out, let me see, he wound up in the pig pen. Uh, don't depend yeah. on your rich. If you have them, don't depend upon your riches to have true friendship.
1: Well, that's true. That that's true. Uh, and let me let me say, um, the best friends that money can buy—they're not really true <laughs> friends. That's hey, um, that that's why your blood kin, your relatives, and the people with whom you associate. It, no, it's fine if God blesses you and you can uh, be generous and look after each other, and that's wonderful. But um, a true friend is with you on the rainy days as well as the sunny days. Am I right?
2: You are right. And be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what Jesus is. And we talked about this last week. Matter of fact, it was the last verse in chapter 18. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A Friendship is real real friendship yes. is one of the greatest things that you have in the world and so yes and, and here it is it's sharing that but it also talks about a false witness will not go unpunished and he That's who speaks true. lies will not escape verse 5 really speaks out against bearing quote false witnesses it says in the king james and concerning the ten commandments uh, have you noticed that a lot of the Ten Commandments are regarded in these Proverbs as they go back to them and refer back to them. You know, Alex, the con- well, yes. and it, so here's the connection. The Ten Commandments, the Proverbs, and then you go to the New Testament see how it works out in people's lives. It really is, and Proverbs is, is, is filled with that, isn't it?
1: Well, it, it is, and you see the Ten Commandments, which is sometimes called the, the Law of Moses or the Decalogue. DECA being the prefix for 10. It's also called natural law or objective truth or Jefferson called it self-evident truth. You know, Bert, I had the privilege yesterday, I preached at a church in North Carolina and met a gentleman running for state senate, a good Christian man, and he came to hear me and wanted to, you know, uh, give me his card and his info. And he said, is there anything that you could advise me running for state senate? And I said... uh, yeah, talk about morals, what the Founding Fathers call natural law. And we talked a little bit about that because, see, this is one of the, the things that made America great. We had this common moral ground that we all lived upon. Uh, whether you were a Christian or not, or a church-going man or not, there was a day when we all walked and lived and saw life through the Judeo-Christian worldview. Now, the Proverbs, you're right. They talk about honesty. They talk about not stealing. They talk about the pathway of life because um, the law of God written on each and every heart, which is also written in Exodus 20, it was the moral code of the Jewish people. And frankly, it was the moral code of the Western world. That's why I'm going to say this, Bert. We'll get back to Proverbs 19. But um, the Jews are... I would think one of the greatest arguments for the truth of the Bible, because not only have the Jewish people, though they be small in number, been inordinately influential throughout world history, um, through the nation of Israel came the moral code that the entire civilized world has lived within. And now we're losing it here in America. We need to pray that God restores it. But the Proverbs make sense, Bert, because they are... Laid before us in the in front of the backdrop of the Judeo Christian moral code, aren't they?
2: They are, and, and you can find them. It's uh, obvious as you look at them. Uh, verse verse six: Many entreat the favor yeah. of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much mm. more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. Again, he is he. Uh, do you think Solomon here is, is covering what most folks think? They say, if I, have, if I have money, I'll have friends. And, uh, you know, if I can, if I can uh, please people with my words, you know, uh, we we're talking about the words, how they twist truth. And, and the whole idea here is friendship. It has the idea that being a person of character. Go back, if you would, to verse 1 of Proverbs 19 where we're studying integrity integrity doesn't depend upon your money. It uses the money to help others. Uh, you're not trying to buy or bribe. Uh, you're not trying to hold on to, but you're using it for his glory. And, and Alex, I see that all the way through. He who has money uh, needs to use it wisely. And uh, we've had examples of that in the Bible. We've also had examples of that with individuals. You remember the name L.G. Laterno. He oh, was yes, he yes. was a great man and he, uh, you know, introduced a lot of heavy equipment machinery that is still being used today. And he would use that money. Uh, he lived basically on 10 percent and let 90 percent go to helping in ministry. And uh, yes. so, you know, this is whole idea is putting friendship, uh, finances, relationships, the whole idea, put it into a part where you deal with all of them with integrity, you know? And that's the bottom line. Fear in the Lord brings that integrity, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, that book, Moving Heaven and Earth, which is the biography of R.G. Letourneau? Right. My mom bought that book for me at a used bookstore one time. And, uh, of course, I read it, and it really moved my heart. And you're right. He invented all this equipment, and, you know, he tithed 90%, lived on 10% and uh, died a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. But one day I was looking through this book, I've still got it, and I just happened to notice inside the jacket it was autographed.
2: Amen. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. so
1: R.G. Letourneau's signature in it, and my mom gave me that book when I shortly after I became a Christian. But, you know, like verse 6 says, um, every man is a friend to the one who, as the King James says, giveth gifts or uh, is perceived to be well-to-do. Uh, Now, we talked about life. Verse 8, He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul, and he that keepeth understanding shall find good. Uh, Bert, the pathway of life, really loving yourself in the sense of caring for your welfare, if you want to live and be prosperous and not only have, uh, have good favor with man, but also God, get wisdom. And if you're truly getting wisdom, you'll you'll truly get closer to the one who is the foundation of wisdom, and that's the Lord.
2: Alex, notice those words in verse eight. Gets wisdom, keeps understanding. And, and I, I I think they're God-breathed. Again, you get that wisdom, you live it, you get it, you absorb it, you keep understanding, you don't throw it away, uh, you use it wisely. And that's what we're praying here on Exploring the Word, that wisdom will be given, you'll use it for God's glory. Alex and I'll be back right after the break. We're in Proverbs 19, don't go away. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today we pray for Pamela Melroy, Deputy Administrator of NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. NASA is responsible for our country's civilian space program, as well as aeronautics and space research. Psalm 83 reminds us that the planets and the stars are God's creation. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Pamela Milroy in her work at NASA. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pause doctor
3: Tony Evans says too often the new life some believers are living looks a little too much like their old life. He has a great illustration and a challenge for us today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: Most of you will remember the sitcom Different Strokes. Arnold and Willis were adopted by Mr. Drummond, and they moved from the projects to the penthouse. They brought the thinking, the language, the perspective, the interface of their background into their new environment. If you have come to Christ, you've shifted locations. The Bible is clear that you are no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. You are now part of the kingdom of light. The problem is when we transferred, we brought our old thinking with us, our old values with us. But in this new arrangement, in this new environment, our head, Jesus Christ, is seeking to bring us to a new way of thinking, functioning, and living based on our new location. But the challenge is you can be so used to where you came from, you don't know how to adjust to where you are. The Divine Reset that is needed today are adult Christians because far too many of God's children are still in the crib. And I want to challenge us today to grow up. God's goal is your spiritual maturity.
3: Dr. Evans has a great CD teaching series that'll help you step up to that challenge. It's called Divine Reset. Check it out today at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
4: Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God.
0: American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. you
5: my defender. You fight for me.
2: I will remember. you all I need. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Birdie and Alex with you. Alex, uh, I know you've been on the road the last two weekends, but we always love to hear about especially the Cove. You're going to be there in July now friday i was talking about that and i missed the month and devin and jim they corrected me fast it's in july of this year you're going to be at the cove studying first peter isn't it
1: july 8 through 10 yeah i would love thanks for mentioning that Bert. i would love for people to come out it's going to be wonderful the cove july 8 through 10 and uh hey listen i know you and i were on the phone earlier today and i i apologize for uh missing friday but um I was kind of at the mercy of the airlines and there was there, there was snow up and down the east coast there was snow predicted I think a lot heavier than it actually came and so all these flights were canceled I left out of Colorado early Friday put my head on the pillow about 4 5 a.m saturday morning <laughs> oh, so man. i missed exploring the word by oh 12 hours 12 but. hours.
2: that was good we, we're always excited for jim yes. to be the pinch hitter and ready he's good and he is and it helps a lot let's get back because uh, we've got a few more verses to cover here but uh i i verse 8 9 and 10 they all they all these are i would say the kind of stand alone, but I think they fit together in some ways. Listen to verse 8 and 9. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. That's what we read. Now listen to this. A false witness will, will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. Wisdom will cause truth to be a part of your life rather than a false witness. Alex, you see the connection that I'm trying to make there?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I know. And and let me tell you, when you're living for truth, you don't need to say something false or try to keep track of uh, a web of lies that have been uh, woven. But we go on there, and it says— This oh, well, is in chapter
2: 19 for those that are yes. just now— uh, Coming in, Alex and I, we get so carried away, we, we get with a verse and forget that some people joined and didn't know what chapter. And so we're in chapter 19, verse 10, Alex, go.
1: D- delight is not seemly for a fool, much less for a servant to have rule over princes. Now, the word seemly means appropriate or, or proper. Or um, And the word in the King James, it's delight, but it, it's like um, a position of authority. Uh, you know, it's it's a position of leadership that's not appropriate for somebody who's foolish. And uh, in a similar way, you don't put a servant over princes. Now, you honor the Lord, and He'll elevate you in due time. But the discretion or the judgment of a man, the good sense of a man, defers his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Do you know what, Bert? i got to tell you this. Um and I, forgive me for referencing myself, but there were times that as president of a seminary with, you know, nearly four dozen employees, there were times that I had to reprimand people. And that, that's never easy. I, I would much rather praise and give, you know, uh, recognition. And then there were times that you have to use judgment and you let stuff go. And I had some people on, on my leadership team. and They were like, do you know what so-and-so said? And, you know... You need to throw down the hammer. And, you know, I would always pray about things, and that's one of the great— and I know you pastoring and leading a big, big church— one of the biggest challenges for the leader is to know what really is an issue and what things you need to pass by.
2: Praise the Lord. Alex, you have to be careful of what they are saying. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, of all the things I remember pastoring 40 years, what will they say? What will they do? Uh, I, never, I never found out who they were all the time, you know? <laughs> I know.
1: Well, in verse 11, the discretion of a man defers his anger. Let me just say, folks, um, and look, I, I believe stand up for yourself, stand up for what's right, stand up for the things that you need to speak out about, but Bert the longer i live the more i realize um and i'm just going to say this you don't
2: burn bridges you build bridges am i right you are right and do not wear your tender feelings on your shoulder daring someone to knock it off uh the bible says you know those that are offended in psalms uh, great peace have they who love thy law and nothing shall offend them uh if you're easily offended uh, you need to have a checkup about the integrity you're living with and what you're doing. Nothing shall offend them. Don't be easily offended. Uh, Alex, I I really do believe that with all my heart, uh, that being easily offended is not a characteristic you want. Now, there are times, and you said it as as president of the seminary, you had to say, okay, this is something I've got to do. This is where I... You know, the rubber meets the road. But uh, ask for leadership of the Lord. Stick in the Word, especially Proverbs and Psalms. I'm telling you, if you read those, it keeps that relationship to to man-to-man helpful and the relationship between God and man. So, uh, Alex, uh, well said concerning discretion.
1: Mm. Well, you know, going on down there, verse 12, the king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion but his favor is as the dew upon the grass. And that's whether it's the department head, your boss, the king, or even uh, you know a family member or something like that. Uh, when somebody has authority, um, you don't want them to be angry. Now, sometimes they will be, but his favor is as the dew upon a grass. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Now, Bert, either you or me could get ourselves in trouble if we expound too much on this verse.
2: Exactly. I, rem- I can't remember who it was. It's somebody from Arkansas or Kansas. They said, we love Proverbs. What are you going to do when you get to the contentions of a wife or a continual dripping? And we said, we're going to go to the next verse really, really quickly. <laughs> That's trying to be funny. But yeah. here it is again. Notice, truthfully, relationships. How important yes. they are. And, and the Bible talks about this, but it also talks about he who gets a good wife. It talks about being a good husband, being that individual. And, and again, I know I'm referring back to chapter uh, 19, verse 1, a whole lot but notice how every one of these deal with integrity guess what the husband is to be have integrity with his wife and the wife is to have integrity with her husband those mm. that way you build one another up you're you're to serve one another and uh, that's the whole idea some of the men that have impressed me and one of them was Dr. Bobby Moore he was a mentor of mine Uh, just a godly man pastored up in around the Memphis, Tennessee area for years. And I would go and see him and he still had many good years that I would say two or three or four years that he could have been preaching. His wife became very ill and he had preached and she had served him. He stayed home to care for her. And uh, you know of men like that as well and wives that have taken care of their husbands have that relationship where you serve one another and alex uh don't be a continual uh uh, i would say uh contentious person male or female towards your spouse
1: amen that you know wonderful wonderful house and riches are the inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the lord verse 15 slothfulness And that's being lazy, just sitting around. And and let me just say, it's not just taking a rest. It's good to rest. But the slothful person is sitting by watching, doing nothing, when he knows he has the responsibility to be working. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. You know, the Bible talks about a little sleep, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will come on you like a thief. We don't want to be a slothful person. Be Have initiative. Well, Alex, verse
2: 24, uh, I know we're skipping down there, but do that and let's cover it at the same time because he is repeating himself in this chapter quite a bit. He'll say something, and then he'll say close to the same thing later on. In verse 24, a slothful man buries his hand in the bowl. It says bosom in the King James, but bowl, and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. He is so lazy, he wants people to to put the food in their mouth. All they want to do is chew it. And so Mm. the Bible talks about not being that lazy, lazy person, and Proverbs is filled with it. I I just thought that follow-up verse 15. Those two go together.
1: Well, you know, um, there's a lot of repetition for emphasis here, and you know, God only has to say something once for it to be true. But when you see it a number of times, well, that's... uh, Seems like there's emphasis there for a reason. That's the
2: reason verse 18 is so important. But verse 13 and 18, isn't it? Yeah. Verse 18, yeah. chasten your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. I'm reminded of what Josh McDowell said. I know he was a great friend of yours, a mentor of yours, and I agree with him. And I I've remember talking with him when we were at, I was at a meeting where he was speaking and I told him how much I appreciated this about the relationship between a father and son and parents and children. And uh, Alex, it is so good, he'd say relationships, uh, you know, is so important. Rules without a relationship leads to rebellion. But chasing your son while it is early. Uh, don't put off the punishment so long. It, it wanna, Let me give a good example if that's okay. And David, when he should have taken care of what his son did uh, amnon to his uh, half-sister and that was absalom's full sister that happened you know raped her basically i hate to say that but that's exactly what took place and and david did nothing in in bringing him to judgment absalom he you know he was the son Uh, and he let his anger grow and grow, and Absalom would read of a rebellion. Had David done what he should earlier on in talking to his son and correcting that issue, that may have never happened with Absalom. Uh, So I I do believe this about quickly uh, with your son chasing your sons while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. Don't make it worse than it is, you know. Uh, so, Alex, I think that relationship between parent and child is so important in the book of Proverbs.
1: Amen. Amen. You know, I didn't want to miss uh, verse 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lends to the Lord, and that which he hath given him he will pay him again. You know, let me tell you, um, when you're helping out somebody, you're doing it as unto the Lord. Matthew 25 talks about that, and and I mean, I think verse 17... And, look, we, we don't give in order to get. We, we tithe and offering and give because it's the right thing to do. Uh, but I want to tell you, if you're generous, the Lord will be generous with you. Bert, I, I really do believe that.
2: Pray, preach it, brother. It is. Verse, verse 20, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Uh, how, there seems to be a very good premium on listening to counseling in the book of Proverbs, doesn't it? But it needs to be the right counsel. It,
1: it, exactly. You know, you mentioned verse 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Now, this was one of Dr. Dobson's favorite verses, Proverbs nineteen eighteen, 18. And I, I know that the progressive, you know, Sigmund Freud and uh, uh, Dr. Spock's baby book would disagree with this. But look, chasten your child while, while there is hope. Listen, if you decide to start parenting when they're 16, 17, 18, it's very likely too late. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. In other words, even if, if a toddler cries, they still need discipline.
2: Amen. Uh, we're coming close, about two or three uh, minutes left. And, and let me just give this. Uh, verse 23, I read it, and I, I want you to comment on it. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not vi- be visited with evil. He will be able to overcome evil. Alex is what that is talking about. In other words, yes. if we're living in the fear of the Lord, uh, we do not have to succumb. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, aren't we?
1: We really are. We really are. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Hey, listen, if you're willing to be teachable and you'll receive instruction, humble yourself before the guidance of God's Word, God's leaders, and even the Holy Spirit. The latter end, it might be late in life, but you'll be glad. And that's why, look, Bert, I've been in the ministry a while. You've been in the ministry a while. Life always comes to an end. Friend, one of these days you're going to leave this world and all that you've built upon the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word and you've said no to yourself and you've restrained yourself and you've allowed the Word of God and the Lord to shape you. And uh, I want to say to the men out there, you let God reign you in. When you leave this world and you've subdued yourself to Jesus, su- submitted to Christ, you'll be glad of it.
2: Verse 21, <laughs> this is so Powerful. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand, no matter what your plans are. Put it in our vernacular. You can make all the plans you want, and it's good to make plans. But God has the last word. Alex, uh, the Bible says it is appointed unto man wants to die, and then what? Let me see. After this, the judgment. Judgment. So God does have the last word concerning our soul in eternity. And he also has the last word in the Christian's life where he's, whether he says, well done or not, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, one of the tragedies of our era has been the breakdown of the family. And verse 26 uh, speaks to that. Cease, my son, to hear instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. Um, in other words, stop and pause and listen to instruction because instruction will cause you to avoid error. So much wisdom in the book of Proverbs, isn't
2: it, Bert? It is, and tomorrow we'll look in Chapter 20, and it's filled with it as well. Hey, give us a phone call right now, 888 We'd love to hear from you.
0: AFR Programming is now available on Alexa.
4: You're joking, right?
0: Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep. This is not a drill.
4: Wait a minute. No way.
0: There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking.
4: So, Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God, and God heard her and was with her.
2: Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride
0: adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all
4: equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high. 12 gates surround the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure, they're translucent. No need for a sun, God's glory lights the city. No
0: tears, no pain. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton
3: III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. 1 Peter 1, verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. An 80-year-old golfer with failing eyesight was paired with a 90-year-old golfer with perfect vision who would be his spotter. On the first tee, the 80-year-old hit the ball, and he asked the 90-year-old partner, where did it go? After a moment, his 90-year-old partner said, well, I saw it, but I can't remember. Many people won't believe what they can't see, but Jesus calls us to faith in him, though we have not seen him. One day soon, our faith will be made sight. but until that time, we have God's word and the Holy Spirit to help us rejoice in things that we cannot yet see. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8:30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR.
0: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
4: Oh my hope is in
2: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We are taking phone calls in this segment, and it's kind of, really, we got some great Bible teaching programming on Mm. AFR, some great pastors, great teachers. Kind of what sets Exploring the Word apart uh, is not that we're better, uh, but that we do take questions at the end, and as Alex says, it's like being in a small group teacher teaching somebody holding up their hand and saying I got a question well right now you're holding up your hands by calling in and we've got the board ready to go so Alex uh this is exciting times to always try to answer questions that people have isn't it
1: and the Lord is so good and you know Bert I've got the computer up and I'm getting ready to go to Ruth in Virginia but Facebook clicks and rolls through you know uh In fact, I don't exactly know how Facebook is turned on, but somehow another Facebook is turned on, right? So I'm seeing Jeff in Siler City. I'm seeing Lane in Louisiana. I'm seeing Jake in South Carolina. I'm seeing all uh, Bernard, Calvin, Marilyn. All these people are on Facebook, and they're saying they love exploring the Word. And, folks, I want to say we give God the glory for each and every one of you. We do. Amen. So, Ruth in Virginia. Ruth, thanks for holding. You are the first caller on the first day of this week's edition of Exploring the Word. Welcome.
5: Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I'm going to be as fast as possible. It's about the laziness. I guess you call it slothfulness. And I'm 61 years old. I'm a nursing assistant. And times are very tough now, as we know, because of COVID. And I'm exhausted. Being short staffed I need more money and of course I trust God and God is blessing me now they are offering you know two hundred dollars to work an extra shift a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there at my age and with all the PPE equipment I'm just exhausted and can't always do that is God looking at me as being lazy when I say no
2: Ruth, thank thank you, Ruth, for what you're doing. Alex, I read an article today of the shortage of nurses all across America, even in the state of Mississippi, which is relatively a small state, my state that I live in. There are three thousand openings for nurses. My goodness! Yes, they are and uh now the bad part of the article was saying the reason why now there's several reasons why and we won't go into all of them but a lot of them is exactly what Ruth said they are burning out because they're burning candles at both ends. I think mm-hmm. Ruth you better be careful burning candles at the both at both ends. Uh you know, here's what the uh Jesus did. He went away from the crowds that were sick a while and he, some of that time he was re- rejuvenating his physical body and spending time with the apostles. Uh, you know, taking care of your body is not being lazy uh, when there's tiredness and issues like that, is it, Alex?
1: Yeah, and listen, don't, don't, uh, don't uh, be critical of yourself. I mean, you know, there comes a time, as, as I heard an old preacher say, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Uh, we need rest. Uh, as we age, uh, you know, sometimes we need more rest than, than before. But, you know, I'll be praying for you, and we, we really will. I know right now our workforce is stretched, and that there are people that are working more and more to try to make ends meet. And, Bert, when, I, I want to say that it is okay to look after yourself, and it, it's all right to attend to your health and well-being. Um, I don't think the good Lord expects us to work we just fall over dead.
2: I agree, let me give this real quick story about two men. Uh, they were lumberjacks and they were cutting trees with their ax. One worked all day and one worked half of the day. At the end of the day, the one who worked half of the time chopping the trees had more trees down than the other. And everybody said, how could that happen? He said, while he was resting, he was sharpening his ax. So, you know, sometimes a dull axe uh, doesn't do a lot of good. You know, it's got to be sharp. Mm-hmm. That would be true with some, some rest. Come apart and rest for a while. So, Ruth, there is a time for rest, and you, uh, you'll need to determine that. We're going to pray that you would know that.
1: Mm. Well, uh, Ruth, it's good to hear from you. We're going to go to Dave in Michigan. Dave in Michigan, welcome to Exploring the Word.
5: Hi. Yeah, I recently heard a book by the name, about a book by the name of um, The Great Emergence. And I wonder, by, um, oh,
1: what is her name? Phyllis Tickle. Uh,
5: Tickle, yes, thank you. Sorry. Anyway, um, I was wondering, is that about the emergent church? And uh, do you know anything about the book? Is that a good book?
3: Or.
1: Um, Let me speak to this. You know, there was a phrase, you don't hear it so much anymore. By the way, Dave, thanks for calling. Bert, um, more like 12 to 15 years ago, we would hear about the emergent church. Now, not the emerging church, because there would be places like on the foreign mission field where the church was growing, and they would say the church, like the church in, in North Africa was emerging. Now, that's good. It's growing. But the, quote, emergent church... Uh, in the Western world was not good because it was really kind of the liberalizing of Christianity. Um, And and as I remember, it's been a decade ago, this book, The Great Emergence, How Christianity is Changing and Why, was an observation. There were some names like Brian McLaren. Now think about this. Brian McLaren wrote a book called A Generous Orthodoxy, meaning that we needed to be not so narrow, we need to be broad-minded. And... um, Nowadays, uh, if if Phyllis Tickle were writing this book again, I think she might call it uh, the woke church. Yeah. You know, and, and let me just say this: there have been a lot of people. Phyllis Tickle wasn't very well known, um, but as I remember, she was kind of almost saying that, um, you know, the the church was changing in a way. She would, I think, I would put her kind of almost like with Chuck Colson who was observing that, look, um, the bottom line, you could say this trend or that cultural trend, what it was was uh, abandonment of the authority of God's Word. And and look, whether, you know, 75 years ago they talked about modernism or or liberalism and then progressivism or emergent or now wokeness, but the bottom line, Bert, is... The word of God says what it says, and we dare not deviate from it.
2: Amen. Dave, thank you for that call, and uh, again, praise God for men and women that can honestly look further down the road to see what a I would say a movement is leading to. Our founder, Don Waldman, was able to do that. In matter of fact, yes. that's why American Family Association was started because he saw the trends that were taking place in television and entertainment and he and so praise the lord for men and women uh, i i think god has given them a capacity to to judge what's coming down the road so thank you so much alex where to next
1: we're going to go to casey in west virginia casey in west virginia welcome to exploring the word
2: uh
5: yes uh long time listener uh Thank I you. if I could get your, your take on Hebrews 6-4. I've been listening for a while, hoping someone would ask you guys on that one.
2: Okay, Hebrews 6-4. Alex, this is yes. uh, not uncommon. For Let it. me read it, and then you yes. be the first to comment. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Let me add this you always look to see what they're discussing before, you always see what comments are after and you look to see where it is where the overall book was discussing. And Alex, go ahead now.
1: Well, you know, this is all about the question of, you know, can a person lose their salvation and if they did, could they could they come back? And you know, we we deal with this in our 100 questions book. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Bert, let me just say this. If if people that were enlightened and then... I'm going to use the word repudiate. Let's say people affirmed Christianity, outwardly appeared to be going through the motions, and then turned away. And I'm thinking of a of a of a rather famed atheist right now. And what I'm not just talking backsliding. I'm talking to deny, repudiate, denigrate Christianity. I I don't think they were saved in the first place. And so you look at Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, I think it's speaking of somebody who knows about God. Maybe they even fell under conviction and felt drawn to repent. They know about God, but they never, ever had a true relationship with Jesus.
2: Alex, uh, again, 1 John chapter 2, Paul, uh, John is writing, talking about the many antichrists in the world and people following them. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 19 of 1 John, they went out from us, but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that they might it might be revealed or made manifest that none of them were of us now again the antichrist or those that were in enunciating their faith in Christ uh I, I i agree with you about hebrews 6
1: all right um this is Larry in Kansas. Larry, thank you for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network.
5: Well, thank you for taking my call. I just want to start out by telling you just how much I appreciate you and Bert and all the wisdom that you have. And secondly, I want to, my heart goes out to Ruth. Uh, my daughter is a nurse, and and I understand the 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 trials that they're put through in, in their profession. And I just uh, I just pray that. Uh, she's able to bear up under these, under that. Um, but my question, has I was doing my devotion the other morning, and I was reading Colossians 1, got down to verse 18, and I want to read just before that, uh, starting in, seven, in 16. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence? Well, the word beginning is the one that grabbed me, and I can't tell you how many times I've read that scripture you know, through the years, and this is the first time it's just grabbed me, that word beginning. And I started thinking about, well, the, the other two beginning scripture, or verses, you know, in the beginning uh, from Genesis, and then in the beginning, uh, from for, from John, and i'm wondering how those verses or how the use of that word is used in those so I remember what Bert said about getting a young's concordance and seeing how that word's used now beginning in John one one looks like it's the same use as in beginning in uh, Colossians 1.18, mm-hmm. but it's not the same usage as
2: in Genesis one one, right? Oh man, great word, Alex. Let me ask you this: not only the word "beginning" in First John, and excuse me, in John chapter one, it was He was in the beginning. This is who is the beginning. Yes, that the beginning gets your attention. I agree with you, Larry, one hundred percent. But that it, he, it, he is the very beginning of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, not only in terms of creation, but in terms of truth, reality, uh, all life, all things. I love Colossians, and it was my privilege several years ago at the Cove to teach the book of Colossians. But it's, you know, Jesus is head of the church who is the beginning. Um, you know, the Bible often talks about the word end, E-N-D, as in the not only the, the purpose, the design, the, the foundation of all things, Jesus is the end of all things. that's why, Bert I'm going to say this you can't even understand history or reality without Jesus. I mean I mean really the the only way to make sense of things is to understand life, history, reality in light of Jesus.
2: And by him all things consist. He holds it together. Yes wisdom. As you said, the physical world. Uh, you know, when you start looking at science, and I, the, everybody, today, follow the science. Well, uh, what happens with today's philosophy? They choose which science to follow. You know, and uh, but here it says, by Him, all things consist; all things hold together. What holds the atoms together? What holds the universe? As Job is it says in Job, who told the sea that it could just go so far? Jesus Christ, he yes. is, uh, let's, let's finish with this today, Alex. We don't have a lot of time, and Larry, you have said it good. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you're listening today, you're driving a truck, you're at an office, you're going home, uh, you're stuck in traffic and you're listening, I, I want to tell you, the beginning of real life is in Jesus Christ, having that relationship with him, and you do that by grace through faith. He did come. He did was sent by God. He lived that perfect life. He did die on the cross. And he rose again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Won't you trust him today?
4: Ask Amen. him to
2: be Lord, Savior of your life. When he comes in, Alex, it's amazing. We have a friend that stays with us through Thick or Thin, don't we?
1: We do. And, you know, Colossians 1.20 says, We have peace with God through the blood of his cross. Jesus shed his blood to wash your sins away. He's as close by as a prayer. I hope you know him. Call on him today. And we thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Bert and I will be back again tomorrow. Please pray for American Family Radio, Exploring the Word. Tell somebody about this great programming. Most of all, please tell everybody about Jesus.